I'm your guide, Matt, and welcome to Healthwell, the podcast where we pour out living water that quenches the soul. So get a cup and drink up. I hate talking about this story. I even delayed making this episode because I didn't want to revisit those feelings. But this is for you, Karina. She was the life of the party, a diva, 1.80 meter, 80, impeccable taste, flawlessly fashionable, unmistakably confident, intelligent, with swagger. We were both in the same industry, but she worked for a rival brand. Before I knew her personally, I used to watch the way she managed their business. I told my business partner at the time, the first chance we get, we have to convince her to work for us. Soon after, she joined our group. And over the next two years, we were inseparable. She was like the little sister I never had. I guess that's why it affected me so much. I still remember the first time she met him. I didn't think he stood a chance or that he would completely change the trajectory of her life. Slowly but surely, he won her attention. And what happened next was like watching a beautiful wild flower wither away and die. Abuse has taught me that the strongest attempt to educate yourself as to why people might make these seemingly irrational choices will not lead to complete understanding. I have asked myself a hundred times, why would someone abuse someone else? And a thousand times more, why would anyone stay? Abuse situations must be lived in and experienced before their internal logic makes any sense. However, we can try to do our best to advocate for the abused and understand. Abuse mostly stems from a person who has been abused at some point in their past, most likely their childhood and is trying to desperately understand why their abuser attacked them. Given the choice between being the out-of-control victim or the in-control abuser, some of these people grow up to prefer the role of the abuser. As they become adults, they simply turn their relationship dynamic around and start acting out the abuser side of the relationship dynamic they have learned. By choosing to be the aggressor and abuser, they may get their first sense of taking control over their own destiny and not being at the mercy of others. Most women like Karina stay because they do not know they are being abused. They believed they are strong women in love with a troubled person that they can help 
or will change and in a lot of cases are manipulated into believing that it is their fault why they are being abused. The victims that actually know they are being abused are also aware that if they leave, they will most likely be killed. 70% of deaths happen after the abused have already left their abuser. Sadly, society categorizes women because they stay. But let's change the narrative on that as I make the first pour into your cup. Leaving an abuser is a process, not an event. That is why you have to become an advocate. It takes time and they might even go back once, twice, or even five times. Are you or someone you know being abused? Sexual abuse, it includes both physical and non-physical components. It can involve rape or other forced sexual acts or withholding or using sex as a weapon. An abusive partner might also use sex as a means to judge their partner and assign a value. In other words, criticizing or saying that someone isn't good enough at sex. There are any number of ways that the feeling around it can be uniquely used for power and control. Verbal or emotional abuse. Words are like weapons, cutting and slowly draining the life away from those that are being abused. Often in the beginning, Karina would say, I didn't think I was abused because he didn't hit me yet. However, Karina began to believe his awful lies. How worthless she was, how stupid, how ugly, and how no one else would ever want her. The effects of verbal emotional abuse are harder to spot and harder to prove. Emotional scars can often take longer to heal and have the same PTSD as physical abuse. Mental and psychological abuse happens when the abuser, through a series of actions or words, wears away at the other's sense of mental well-being and health. It often involves making the victim doubt their own sanity, gaslighting. The result of this on Karina, especially over a sustained period of time, coupled with the isolation that her abuser used, made her feel like she was dependent on her abuser more and more because she didn't trust her own judgment. She also hesitated to tell anyone about the abuse she was experiencing for fear she wouldn't have been believed. I remember Karina saying, he had called me crazy so many times. I was unsure if you would have ever believed me about his abuse. Financial and economic abuse. Because abuse is more about power and control, 
an abuser will use any means necessary to maintain that control, and often that includes finances. Karina's abuser budgeted all of the household finances, not letting Karina have access to her own bank account and spending money, and simply not allowing Karina to have a job to earn her own money. This was one of her biggest reasons why she was unable to leave. Cultural abuse happens when abusers use aspects of a victim's particular cultural identity to inflict suffering or as a means of control. Not letting someone observe the dietary or dress customs of their faith, using racial slurs, threatening to out someone as LGBTQT if their friends or family don't know, or isolating someone who doesn't speak the dominant language where they live. All of these are examples of cultural abuse. Of course, the most noticeably and the one form most people think about when they hear the word abuse is physical abuse. As I learned with Karina, it can happen to anyone. It includes, but not limited to, punching, hitting, slapping, kicking, strangling, or physically restraining someone against their will, all of which Karina endured in one way or the other, making her feel physically unsafe. What are the more subtle signs that someone might be suffering from a form of abuse? Relationships. They define our lives. They are how we experience and engage with others in the world. Attached to each relationship, we create our experiences and memories. However, sometimes what we experience in those relationships scar us. Whether we like to or not, these scars influence any new relationship we may be trying to build. Feeling insufficient is a sign that someone might have suffered abuse in the past, regardless if it is disguised as a joke or a dismissive statement. There is an underlying sense of unworthiness. Such feelings stem from an unstable sense of self. Consequence of emotional, verbal, or physical abuse. Karina's abuser planted false ideas in her mind, which distorted her self-image and affected her self-esteem. The power of these ideas is not in the words used, but rather in who said them and how. Karina started to show signs of low self-esteem, pessimism, hostility, a lack of motivation, and bad to little communication. The exact opposite of who she truly was. Before Karina resigned from our company, she became emotionally detached. This is common for a victim to feel detached from themselves physically or emotionally. 
Karina used this as a defense mechanism to cope with distressing and overwhelming emotions. It is the mind's way of disengaging from traumatic experiences. It is also a tool that a victim develops to gain resilience against the abuse. Why do abusers abuse? Research shows that in some cases they have personality disorders like sociopath, psychopath, narcissistic, and sadistic. These disorders gain pleasure from seeing others in pain and even more pleasure when they are the ones inflicting the agony. For them, abuse is a means to an end. They abuse others to gain personal pleasure. In other cases, they were abused. Some abusers act out their dysfunctional behavior on others because it was done to them in a subconscious effort to resolve their own abuse. Maybe they've watched someone like a parent being abused. Another reason is that they have anger issues. Uncontrolled and unmanaged rage frequently produces abusive behavior. As we learned last week, Be Water, My Anger episode showed us that the source of these angers varies, but it is usually tied to a traumatic event. Unresolved trauma sparks anger when triggered by a person, circumstance, or place. Another reason is that they grew up with an addict. An addict blames others for the reasons they engage in their destructive behavior. While the victims are often forced to remain silent and acceptant of their behavior, the end result is that a lot of pent-up anger and abusive behavior occurs. As an adult, the victim subconsciously seeks out others to blame for their own actions. Another reason is that they don't understand boundaries. Abusive people tend to lack the understanding of where they end and other persons begin. They see their spouse, children, friend as an extension of themselves and therefore that person is not entitled to have any boundaries. The lack of distance means a person is subject to whatever the abuser decides. And the final reason is because they lack empathy. It is far easier to abuse others when there is no empathy for how the victim might feel. Some types of head trauma, personality disorders, and environmental traumas can cause a person to lack the ability to express empathy. How can we save the Karinas in our lives? 1. Speak truth into their life and their sense of identity. 2. Point out abuse gently when you see it or hear about it.
Three, provide the victim with examples of what love and health should look like in a relationship. Four, encourage your loved one to receive help and support and tell them you're willing to take the next step with them because they are not alone. Five, be clear and kind about your boundaries so they don't seem like they are being punished. And six, be patient. Even though it's been more than 12 years, I still remember the secret letters I wrote to Karina after her abuser had isolated her, taken away her phone, computer, and only allowed her to communicate with approved girlfriends. By that time, she had already lost 15 kg, tried to commit suicide, suffered a broken arm, and black eyes. I wrote a list of positive attributes I saw in her and believed were true. I then asked her closest friends to write their favorite contributions she had made and the ones that they had missed since she'd been gone. It took a while for the lies to lose their hold on her. That list reminded her of two important things. There were people who thought she was valuable and she had a safe place to run back to anytime she was ready. Knowing that changed everything for her. After backing out three times to leave, although we had plans in place to rescue her, eventually when her abuser left on a business trip, we all went over to the prison she was staying in, packed her up and carried her away. She was so weak, mentally, physically and emotionally, we had to lift her out. But she was finally safe. A few more days after that, and she was on a plane out of the country and back to her home where he could no longer threaten or torment her ever again. I've seen the Creator heal and restore truth and life to Karina, although it has taken years for some sense of normalcy of her true identity to return. Karina's story had a bittersweet ending, because while she had rebuilt safety and health again, she lost the original fragrance and glow of her wildflower. Let me make the second and final pour into your cup. Abuse only thrives when we are quiet. So let's break the silence and tell everyone. Abuse at any time to anyone is not okay. This is Matt, and you've been listening to Healthwell, the podcast. Our only ask is that you share your cup with someone else. This week, retell what you've learned to those around you. Then join the conversation on Facebook. You can go to Spotify. You can subscribe, rate, like, and review. I look forward to seeing you next week for another edition of Healthwell.
the podcast.